Welcome to episode six, season one of the Loaded Bases podcast. As always, I'm Nick Wilson with my co-host Alessandro De Janeiro. Yeah. And this week we're talking about the Cohen deal or lack thereof. We're also talking about Mookie Betts and what that means for the Red Sox going forward. We're talking about AJ Hinch and what what that interview meant for fans and what we think of it. And we're going to give you the first installment of the 2020 season preview. So let's let's go. Right. What the Red Sox under Haim Bloom are looking for is flexibility. And when you go out and give Chris Sale 30 something million dollars, a contract that kicks in this year and goes right. for five years, when you give Nate Yavaldi 60 plus million dollars and you have David Price at 32 million, that's $80 million being spent on three starting pitchers who you just don't know what you're going to get from. Now, is flexibility worth trading? Mm-hmm. Arguably the best player talent-wise since Ted Williams, Carly Yastrzemski? It's a question a lot of people in Boston are asking right it's now. Like, well, he should get $400 million because that's what it costs to have one of the best outfielders in the last 20 years. And they're going to have going to sign. Stanton on the books, Cole yep. on the books, and yep. have Glaber Torres, and have yep. Luis Severino, yep. and have Aaron Judge. Yes. You're, you're fucking no, smoking I'm not. dust. You're fucking no, smoking I'm not. dust. There's been a lot of reports going on about the Cohen deal with the with the Wilpons. It was reported by multiple sources that the Wilpons tried to renege or renegotiate the deal at the 11th hour. Uh, recently now... There are contrary reports saying that the Wilpons had issues with that. Uh, excuse me, that Cohen had uh, was actually the one who pulled out of the deal and started to add additional stipulations uh, to the deal. Those are obviously contra- contradicting reports, so I am going to hold off on giving my two cents in terms of what I believe, you know, who was the culprit in, uh, in not doing the deal. But we do know that MLB and the commissioner, Rod Manfred, are signing are essentially on the side of the Wilpons, it seems. They're saying that there might be consequences. Well, they're talking that there might be consequences for Cohen, that he may never be able to own a team uh, at any point. Um, and that kind of language suggests that if you're already thinking about consequences, there must be some sort of belief that you think that Cohen did something wrong. Um Either way, I'm just giving a statement. Uh, this is coming from the consultant Mark Gannis. He's a sports consultant. So it said, uh, quote, No preconditions regarding control of the team will be attached to the upcoming sale, meaning whoever buys the Mets will likely assume control immediately from the Wilpon family, according to the per- a person familiar with the matter. In other words, the Mets, the new deal that they're going to, uh, the, a new deal that they're going to have, will mean that whoever takes control over the team, it will happen immediately. Um, Now, we touched on in the previous podcast that the Mets' ownership right now is at a point of contention. We know that Saul Katz does not want to be part of this team. We know that the Wilpons are in debt. or not? They're not in debt, but they are not going to be able to keep up this rate uh, of ownership. We know that the Mets are still a profitable asset, but the the Wilpons are still uh, in considerable debt. So they are still trying to sell the team. So that is very relevant. Um, And we also, a lot of fans were jumping for joy, assuming that the deal was going to go through. (laughs) I was not. I was kind of sitting back and 
thinking, we've seen this again, David Einhorn, something happened with him where the, he was supposed to buy the team in 2011, it didn't go through. I was not one of the people jumping for joy, although if you did, uh, I understand your your uh, hope. This is the... This is a franchise of you gotta believe. That's our that's the uh, statement. So if you got overly hyped, that is very on brand as Mets fans. But be careful. So the Mets are looking to sell. Alessandro, do you think they are currently a toxic asset, or if you were an investor, given what we know about the report, do you would you be interested in buying? The I Mets? would not be interested in spending two point six billion dollars on a team that I couldn't own for or couldn't. It's like buying a toy that you can't play with until five years down the line. But but um, they're saying now that uh, that whoever buys the Mets would it, they would own immediate control. So what, what does that? Where did you read there? that though? Because I haven't found that anywhere. So this is a this is from according to uh, sports consultant Mark Gannis. Mark Gannis is we. Okay, I mean I mean they can they can spin it whichever way they want. I mean what we know is that Cohen believed that the Wilpons would play largely ceremonial roles, and the Wilpons didn't agree with that, and they wanted to continue to be active in the operation of the franchise. Um, according to people that were close to the situation. So, pretty much, I mean, I think it's so funny that this happened right after we put out the Wilpon episode. It is really, We it did, is like, really the funny. whole yeah, Wilpon yeah. episode. <laughs> right. It's time, it's the end of the Wilpons, and then Steve Cohen... But, I, but I was not in. saying that, though. I was very cautious. I know. No, I was not were. one of the people saying this is going to happen. I was holding my breath. I was not holding my breath, rather. Um, I mean, I, I just don't think that they're going to be able to get anybody to buy the team if the Wilpons are so um, fixated on still having a say in, in the team's decisions. Well, we've seen, we've heard, like I said, conflicting reports. Some people say that the Wilpons have been trying to keep well, I mean, control. The, the conflicting report is really just Manfred backing them up and, and praising them. He's, he said, based on the conversations with the buyer and seller on, on an ongoing basis... The assertion that the transaction fell apart because of something that the Wilpons did is completely and utterly unfair. But we also know that Manfred is very cozy with the Wilpons. As was Bud Selig. As well as, and, and he's, yeah, exactly. He's cozy with them because of Bud Selig. He comes from that tree. So uh, I think it's in baseball's best interest to let the Mets be sold. It's a big market in New York City, the biggest city in the United States, um, the media capital of the world, and for them to continually be dysfunctional. Um, and not uh, bring a championship to their fans is um, inexcusable and uh, unacceptable. So I think that I think that the blame lies on the Wilpons ultimately at, at the end of the day. And I think Steve Cohen just wised up and was like, "Wait a second, I want to own this team now. I don't want to wait five years. And then when I do, after waiting five years, I don't want Fred Wilpon or Jeff Wilpon having a say." In organizational activity. Well, we also no heard sense. we also heard reports. Um, I think this was from Andy Martino that that some of the decisions in terms of the managerial process and some uh, in terms of pursuing Starling Marte, they were concerned with or at least considering the attitude or the uh, opinion of the potential owner Stephen Cohen. So, what does that mean? Wait, what what? So the reason why, like, some of the decisions that they were making this year, um, I, there have been reports, again, a lot would of this stuff. Would you, to please Cohen? They were, they were concerned with how Cohen would view it, like, optically. 
uh, like GM Brody Van Wagenen, and they were concerned with how he was going to pers- like look at. Of course, because Brody Van Wagenen wants to be able to to save his backside right. when Cohen becomes yep. the uh, owner in five years, potentially, but, potentially, potentially yeah. but but. That's ridiculous because Brody Van Wagenen might not even be the GM in five years. You never know, right? So that is the... I'm I'm just saying a lot of these reports definitely are conflicting. I don't... You know, we are not members of the media. We... uh, In situations like this, and I encourage people who are Mets fans to really just stay kind of on the outside. Just sort of keep listening to information because the reports are conflicting. Like... Some reports say that it was the Wilpons backing out. Some reports yeah. say that it was, it was Cohen. Co- it was Cohen backing out. Acting in bad faith. We don't know that. We, we, we know, we are pretty sure that it was Cohen. It's not that he was acting in bad faith. It was that he just understood. He was like, wait a second. Tom- like, tomorrow is never promised. I'm 63 years old. I'm not going to be able to have this team until I'm 67. He could be dead by that time. For, like, what? God forbid. I mean, no, I'm just saying. Oh, okay. Tomorrow's never like... promised. He's 63 years old. Yeah. Wilpons have made it clear that they are willing to sell the team for $2.5 billion to $2.6 billion to anybody who will allow them to remain in their roles for a number of years after the fact. So th- this and is I don't a think that from... anybody who has money that wants to spend it that like that want. Jeff and Fred to continue having these roles with the organization. It makes no sense. So this is... Uh, you sell the team, you sell it. This is a report from Bleacher Report. It uh, was from February 7th, and it says, according to Josh Cosman and Thornton McHenry, I guess that's McHenry, not McHenry, but the Mets and MLB believe Cohen acted in, quote, bad faith when attempted when he attempted to alter the terms of the non-binding term sheet he signed to buy the Mets several months months ago so that's again well i want to know exactly how because we're, again that's according to the Mets and to MLB so that's according to Jeff and Fred Wilpon and to Rob Manfred i want specifics on how he tried to alter the deal Th- that's why i'm because agnostic the, I because think, i don't I know i think that the way that he tried to alter the deal was saying wait a second now you guys are telling me that you want to continue your roles moving forward after five years. I don't want to own this team in five years. I want to own this team today. I'm giving you $2.6 billion for this team. I just want to know if where that... If you want to continue having a voice in it, fine. But give me the team now. I want to know where that five-year figure came from, too. And, I, and then this information will come out. Mark my words. This information yeah. will all come out uh, over the next it's just, weeks it's or months. It's a joke. Whoever the Mets sell to... If I'm buying this team, I want control right away. Like, exactly. like if you're the Mets, you can't also ask for five years. Like if you're if you're the Wilpons, you can't say I I want this team for the next five years. First of all, again, they are in debt. The Mets are yes a profitable asset. Like you know, according to Forbes, they are making money despite some of the revenue losses we've seen, um, because the revenue is a problem. Like we Mets mesmerized reported that they lost sixty million dollars in revenue over the last two seasons, so 120 million over the last two years total. That's a problem. If I, it, first of all, They're I will say They're going to come to regret this. Well, MLB needs to make sure that the Mets are not a toxic asset. The MLB needs to make sure that if a buyer wants to buy any single team in, in Major League Baseball, they should be able to. They should have their assets be fluid. And so even if if the MLB look i mean i would argue if i'm an owner right with collect uh, with uh, revenue sharing i would want the mets to be as profitable as possible so when they come to my hometown fans co- want to come to the ballpark right look at the yankees 
the Yankees are largely why revenue sharing is a thing because the Yankees bring so much business to teams, even in small markets, when they come to town because people say, oh, the Yankees are in town. I don't see a reason why if the Mets are good, you know, given what happens when the Mets are really, really good. Like in 1986, we know that the Mets, when they're good, are an exciting team to watch, especially because they're in the New York market. Um, obviously, it would depend on the players that are on that team, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, But if the Mets are good, it's good for the sport. And the Wilpons, I believe, are their ownership style has not been effective. I think you want an owner, first of all, that's clear and not in debt, right? Like, whether or not you want to say that's the Wilpons' fault that they're in debt, um, that's for, right, the courts have <laughs> decided that with the Wilpon, with the uh, Ponzi scheme, but you want to have no debt, right? That's number one. If you're owning a team, you want to have money to spend and you don't want any prior money on the ledger. Uh, number two, you want to do what the, what the New York Hockey League does with the Rangers, or, or what the what Dolan does with the Rangers, I should say, which is just let the experts do what the experts do. Let them do their thing, right? Like when Doubleday owned the Mets and he let Frank Cashin do his thing. Just let the the experts do their thing. The Mets don't always do that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, there's not much for me to say. Uh, I think that the Wilpons are incredibly foolish and they're going to live to regret this. They lost a lot of money. They can use that $2.6 billion. Um, and, you know, I think you they have to make the decision. I mean, it, it, this becomes more of like a personal thing than it becomes like a baseball thing. Which is, which is to, fair. I mean, this they consider the Mets their family heirloom. Exactly, of course. So they have to sit there and they have to understand that either... It's not easy to do that. Like, exactly. Like, and, and, and they're, you know, they're, Jeff Wilpon is 80 years old. Like, Jeff is the dad, right? Uh, Fred is the dad. So Fred Wilpon is 80 years old. What is $2.6 billion going to do for him besides hold his family down, which already has a decent amount of money for generations? So, you know, you're, you're telling this man that he's to part ways with his team. He set up provisions that would allow him to keep control or at least have a say in that team. And, and I don't think Cohen was down for that. It's a, it's a hard thing. I almost feel bad. You yeah, know, like actually, you're getting rid yeah. of like your baby. I understand that. I understand but, that. You too. know, you um, got to, you got, they have to make the decision. Yeah, well, okay, so moving on to the next topic, <sighs> the Red Sox deal for Mookie Betts. Yeah, which fell through. Which fell through. Uh, again, There's this is another... Uh, but it's going to happen. It fell through, but it's going to happen. Right, so this is another report um, that is... There's been some conflicting reports. You've heard some things. I've heard some things from different sources, not not our own sources. Well, the, the, I want to make reason, that clear. The right? reason like, why it not. fell through is because the Red Sox got Alex Verdugo. They were giving him his uh, his physical, and they didn't like what they saw, so they 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 asked for another player back. Although no, they also didn't like the Red Sox. Didn't like the player that they got from. Uh, well, maybe that's who from, it was. Maybe from it wasn't the Twins. Oh, it wasn't. Yeah, I don't think oh, it was for Dugo. Right. So, so that it was. Uh, so yeah. Okay. Gratterall. So for, no, yeah. So first of all, Bruiser Gratterall is 103 miles per hour. He he throws 103 miles per hour. I when you heard that, did you were you did you was that weird to you that they that they thought that his physical was weird? Do you know Do you know that he is 600? He's 262 pounds and is six foot one, <laughs> and he has had Tommy John surgery. <laughs> And they looked at his physical and were like, "Wait, you th- wait? This is not a good. He's not a starter. He's a reliever. Like uh, that to me is like very 
fishy. I mean, it's not even like I'm not even, you know, Sherlock Holmesing this. Like that is just clearly I think they were balking. Like I think that they maybe you know, another team hit them up and were like, look, I would have given you this. And they well, were like, now, oh. Well, now, I mean, it looks like they might not get him, but the the trade is still going to go down. But that's just so weird. How do you know all these things? And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, well, we don't think that mess. he would be a starter. The, the, or the Red Sox are, And then Scott Boris is like, no, no, he'll, he'll be a starter. I was like, really? You're, so, like, your agent is advocating for you. Like, okay, that's good. We we believe you. It's like, unfortunate what? because it's unfortunate for Mookie Betts, who doesn't know where he's going to be. He's in limbo and spring, spring training starts It's unfortunate for my fantasy team because I need to figure <laughs> out where Mookie Betts is going to be. Um, no, he'll be fine anywhere. But. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, like, you don't know... He doesn't know where he's going uh, ahead of spring training. The Red Sox are a disaster. They don't even. I, I mean, I think they 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 signed Rob Renicky, which is just he's like, their manager. No, Rob Renicky's had a long. Excuse me, he was the, the bench coach of the team in 2018, who was currently under investigation for cheating. <laughs> That's fair. So how do you make that man the manager? That's fair. I mean, what kind of anyway? Um, well, I think the, before we begin, though, we should just for those who don't know, the trade was in place that the Red Sox would uh, trade Mookie Betts. And David Price and half of David Price's salary. He's making thirty-two million over the next, I believe it was three years or two years. No, he's uh, per year. thirty-two million a year. Thirty-two yeah. million a year over the next three years, right until twenty twenty-three. And the Dodgers would get those two players and half of Price's salary, and send they Alex would, Verdugo and that. then they would send Alex Verdugo to the the um, the Dodgers. No, 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 to the Red Sox. Uh, to the Red, Red Sox. Excuse me. They had, the Dodgers have Alex Verdugo. And uh, Brewster Gratterall, who's the person we mentioned formerly, who is uh, 265 pounds and six foot one, and has had Tommy John surgery, uh, but still, you know, the stuff is absolutely there. Um, they would send uh, the Twins would send him to the Red Sox, and the Twins would receive Kenta Maeda from the Dodgers. Uh, it's looking like the Twins aspect of it is not happening. I don't know though. I don't know if the Twins are still getting Maeda though. I, I honestly, I I don't know because there's because been this, so this many conflicting happened, reports. This all happened right before we started recording. And, and by the way, too, so like really, don't I'm trust. Sure. There are so many sources out there, or like these stupid Instagram pages that will like definitively tell you yeah. one thing or another, and then just not right. put a source. You need to, you know, I would rather be agnostic and like not be someone giving you the first, you know, the, like the news as it breaks. I would rather as a do a better service to like listeners to just like hold off. Let the chips fall, and then we, you know, give our analysis. Facts. I mean, I think that regardless, it's besides the point. Mookie Betts will not be on the Red Sox yeah. uh, starting 2018, uh, 20, 2018 season. The 2020 season, neither would David Price. Um, and Red Sox fans are upset about it. Um, they're upset about it because they have now probably guaranteed themselves to not be competitive for the next three to four years, maybe five years. Um, and they're losing probably the best position player in Red Sox history since Ted Williams. So, obviously, Red Sox fans have every right to be upset. Now, the organization's saying, hey, we just won you four World Series in 15 years. Um, you know, this is kind of our MO. This is what we do. We win a championship. We bottom out, develop, spend money on free agents, and then go win that again. The problem is, is that the Red Sox, what's different this year, as opposed to uh, 2011, 2012, 2014, 2015, is that the Red Sox have... Um, over the next four to five years, about $500 million worth of contracts given to five players over that period of time, right? Now, you can make the argument, and you're going to make the argument, that the Red Sox 
um, had to spend the money on those free agents in order to guarantee them uh, a championship in 2018. Um, my my perspective is that they foolishly spent that money, um, not thinking about the future. It wasn't sustainable. And while you did get that one chip, you've now lost out on a generational talent, probably one of the greatest Red Sox players to ever live, and a, ch- a chance to be consistently competitive year after year while charging the highest ticket prices in baseball and making $500 million in revenue. And now fans are going to have to spend a ridiculous amount of money to sit in these cramped seats in Fenway Park and watch their team be a fourth-place team. And every kid's favorite player is no longer going to be on the team. So before I thought about this, I looked back on why they have so many contracts. As you mentioned, I do feel like in 2016, right, you look at that team. They lose Clay Buckholtz. David Ortiz is about to retire, who was still very good at that time. You've got, te- you know, players in the on your team that are good, but they're aging. I mean, Hanley Ramirez, for whatever reason, was still productive uh, in 2016. Yeah, he had a bad Monst- No, but he had a monster year in 2016. Mm-hmm. But you still knew, like, that was kind of, you know, you weren't, you were, if you were not dubious that Hanley Ramirez was not going to age well, like, come on. Um, and so, and they had, they got, they got Kimbrel. That I think it was the off season or the season of 2016. So they were in 2016. They were good, but they were just a few pieces away. And their young stars were matriculating. Mookie Betts was coming up. Andrew Benintendi, Rafael Devers. I don't think he was in the league yet, but he was coming up. Uh, Xander Bogarts, Jackie Bradley Jr. They had this like B plus team, mm-hmm. and they just wanted to get to to be A or A+. Plus. Yep. I'm going to ask, though, that if you're listening, ignore the cheating because we don't know what role it played. So just, I'm not saying it didn't happen, and I'm not saying that it was not a part of them winning potentially in 18, but for argument's sake, right, because the argument we're making is like, should they have kept Mookie Betts? Should they have made these short-sighted deals? I would say just so ignore that for now, right? I but, would, I would, my only rebuttal to that would be that that adds to Red Sox fans frustration sure. the fact that this championship is tainted and is going depending to on what the report says i mean well i'm not I, again yeah. i'm not i'm not telling you yeah i'm not telling you i just to be clear i'm not saying they did or didn't okay. i'm really not saying that at all i'm saying for the argument's sake you have to ignore it just yep. to judge this all right i am a firm believer and i always go back to the cardinals example that you cannot let perfect be the enemy of good so the Cardinals in 2012 are this really good team. They need a shortstop. They get Johnny Peralta. He is not a good defensive shortstop. The offense is there. He puts them over the edge from being B to A. The Red Sox used their resources to the maximum. To the maximum, They get price uh, in 2016. They overpay. Sure, they overpay. That's fine. They also, to be fair, they made some pretty uh, ridiculous contract moves. Like Rusny Castillo was was highly touted. He was very, very hyped. But giving him that money based on, like, no MLB experience was a problem. Mm -hmm. And knowing that they did that and knowing they had Sandoval on the books um, and were going to for a while, they still went out and, you know, traded away some of their prospects for Chris Sale. And my point is that by 2018, you cannot build a team overnight. By 2018, they had the pieces to build off of. So by if you did not go out and acquire David Price, you know, you did not go out and get some of the contracts that they ended up getting, you know, you didn't 
uh, you don't go out and you can't just go out and get JD Martinez. You can't just go out and get, you know, some of these players that they got. They or David Price, they were they were a complete team by 2018, and the difference between them winning and not winning was only like one or two pieces, like getting a Chris Sale and getting a, a, a JD Martinez. If you try and build a team in one year, like let's say relying on prospects, or let's just say you try and you know make trades. It's not a sure thing by any stretch of the imagination. Look at some of the prospects that were highly touted in their organization. Where is Henry Owens right now? Where is Sam Travis right now? We don't, you, the, tomorrow is never promised. And I think that in your window of contention, as a Mets fan, I know full well what it looks like when you don't go all the way. In your window of contention, I am perfectly fine with spiting the future to win right now. The, the Red Sox won in 2018. And they got about five years or four good, really like top 10 MVP seasons out of Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts said he was going to test the free agent market. He was, he was made that clear that he, he was in, wanted to, to do that. And that's completely fair. I can't sit here and say that I'm just going to, you know, maybe not sign this player, or this player, or this player, just in case we get Mookie Betts. I am going to go out and maximize the resources that I have to win right now. And that's what they did, regardless of whether they were successful or not. I don't think it's fair to go and be like, oh, well, they won the World Series because, you know, they very they very well may have not won. And I still would have agreed with their decisions. So uh, now the other side of that, which I... Okay, hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Here's the flaw in the argument, okay? The Red Sox overpaid for David Price. Facts. But they didn't just overpay for David Price. They paid him $51 million more than the next best offer, right? They locked him up to a seven-year, $217 million contract, which, for, honestly, if you know anything about baseball and you know anything about David Price, that is absurd. Now, the Red Sox mistakes in free agency did not come in 2016. They did not come in 2017. They came largely after, in most part, after they won the World Series. So the Red Sox went out and they signed David Price to a seven-year, $217 million contract. The only other big contract they signed was J.D. Martinez, whose contract is going to be over in three years. They gave him $103 million for five years or whatever. And it was a good signing. They got the pieces that they need to push them over the edge. The issue is, is that they signed all of these players to long-term ridiculous contracts without thinking about... Um, maintaining a generational piece in Mookie Betts, maintaining that core group of players. They went out and they gave Sale five years, $145 million, starting in 2019, a year after they had won the World Series. They went out and they gave Nathan Evaldi four years, $68 million, starting in 2019, a year after they won the World Series. They did the same thing with Xander Bogarts, which I actually agree with. You know, Xander Bogarts, young player on your team, right? prospect that came up through the system you give him the money that he deserves you lock him up it's an affordable contract but is that affordable when you're paying all this money to david price chris sale jd martinez dustin pedroia who's still on a big contract he's making like 13 million a year i know but so. still it adds up i understand right i understand so that, the red yeah. Sox and they have the, Re the on defense the is hey look we got a world series in 2018 but that's not a defense because the majority of those ridiculous contracts that they signed came after winning the World Series. So now Red Sox fans are saying, wait a second, you charge the highest ticket prices in baseball. 
you make $500 million in revenue a year. And now we have to come to, the, to Red Sox Stadium, Fenway Park, every year and watch this team bottom out when many people's favorite player in Mookie Betts is going to be playing for the Los Angeles Dodgers and they're going to be paying 50% of David Price's contract to pitch for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Fans have every right to be upset about that. And I think that Dave Dombrowski, his logic is win now, win one championship, bottom out, build again through free agency, win another championship. That's all well and good, but it's not sustainable. And what fans want is continued, sustained success, especially when their most hated rival plays in the same division as them and have been consistently competitive every year, year after year after year. They have been able to maintain all of their young prospects, the Yankees, while also then going out and signing a Garrett Cole, while being able to pay for John Carlos Stanton's contract, while being able to pay for Masahiro Tanaka's contract, while also being being able to keep Aaron Judge, Gary Sanchez, Luis Severino, and being and Gleyber Torres, and being able in the future to pay them. If the Yankees lost out on Aaron Judge, Yankee fans would lose their fucking mind. If the Yankees lost out on Gleyber Torres, Yankee fans would lose their fucking mind. If the Yankees went out and got Manny Machado and spent 300, which I thought they should have done, I was wrong, and they spent $300 million on him, or however, however big, it was $300 million over 10 years, right? And won the World Series last year or this year. And then a year from now, lost out on Aaron Judge, or lost out on Gleyber Torres, or maybe both of them, which then meant that they were going to fall back in the pack, fall back into second or third place for the next three to four or five years. Yankees fans would lose their fucking mind because, again, you're missing out on a window of dynasty. The Red Sox could have won the World Series in 2018 with the contracts that they signed, with David Price's contract, with J.D. Martinez's contract, and then still been able to lock up a Rafael Devers, a Ben Attendee, a Mookie Betts, and had a sustained core for over a long period of time. But instead, they went out and they overpaid a premature contract to Chris Sale, who then had a terrible season last year. They went out and they overpaid for Nathan Abaldi, who turned around and continued to have problems with his elbow after having Tommy John surgery. They went and they paid $51 million more than the, than the closest team offer. To David Price. They offered him $217 million. David Price is not worth $33 million a year. He's just not. And now the only way that they can shed that money and be able to create $40 to $50 million in cap room for themselves is by piggybacking Mookie Betts, the second best player in baseball, onto David Price's untradeable contract and moving him to, to, to the Dodgers. So now they're stuck with J.D. Martinez's contract, untradeable. They're stuck with Chris Sale's contract, untradeable. They're stuck with Nathan Evaldi's contract, untradeable. They're stuck with Xander Bogart's contract, not untradeable, but you don't want to get rid of Xander Bogart's regardless. Well, I would, I would say, though, The window's like, beginning to close. All right, so first of all, I would say that some of those those comp, comps, right? You're talking about the Yankees, who's... The Red Sox are a little bit further along in the development of the dynasty that they've made. The Red Sox dynasty started... Uh, a few, like, when Mookie started to matriculate. So 2015, 2016, 2017, Mookie's already been in the league five years, right? Um, Bro, what are you saying? The, the Yankees, Gary Sanchez came up in 2015. Aaron Judge came up in 2016. Luis Severino came up in 2016. Labor Torres came up in 2017. It's the same No, because Mookie, Mookie's been in the league for five years. Okay, so is Gary Sanchez. Okay, but the... the um, all right, so they're about the they're about the same window of time, 
But I would also say that the Reds, if you're going to compare what the Red Sox are doing with what the Yankees are doing, the Red Sox don't have any players on the books for the next 10 years. The Yankees do. Okay, but the Yankees' only big contract on the books for the next 10 years are Garrett Cole and Giancarlo Stanton. Only? That's 25, $60 million a year between those two players. 25% of Stanton's contract is being paid by the Marlins for the remainder of his contract. $50 million is on the books for the next 10 years. And Garrett Cole is making a shit ton of money. It might come around eight years down the line to bite them in the ass. But I'm sorry. The Yankees are set up for sustained success over the next six years. The Yankees can go out and win two to three championships. It's not going to matter eight years down the line I would also, how much money they're paying Garrett Cole if they win three championships with their young core. Again, I, like I said before, the Yankees went out and got Machado or went out and paid overpaid for Patrick Corbin, right? Let's say the Yankees went out and overpaid for Patrick Corbin, gave him more money, gave him $35 million more than the Nationals offered But you keep saying if, Yankees, if, if. No, it's the not. Yankees, the Red Sox already won their championship. Okay, but it doesn't matter because they spent – all that money after they won the championship. So don't give me that shit. But you said that David Price was not worth that money. He was worth that money to the Red Sox. And I firmly believe that he because he played a part in Dave 2018. Dombrowski, who, who won the championship. Okay. Okay. Congratulations. You won the championship in 2018. Let's go out. Let's win a few more. But no. Instead, the Yankees haven't won in 10 up, years. It doesn't matter. The Yankees over that 10-year span have developed their fucking players. The first five years of that decade was their old players that they had locked up for 15-year contracts. Not 15-year contracts. But they were on their team for 15 to 20 years. Were coming off their expiring contracts. Right? Jeter. Basada. Pettit. All these guys were coming, Mariano, they were ending. In that same period of time, the Yankees spent money on, like, decent players to keep their heads above water while also drafting well and developing those players. The Yankees have been one of the best teams in baseball since 2017. They overperformed in 2017. They went to Game 7 of the ALCS against the Astros and lost to a team that was cheating. Then lost in 2018 to the Red Sox, who were cheating. And then lost again in 2019 to the Astros, who were cheating. None Don't of those give me that garbage. None of those Hold players on. on the Yankees were worth $400 million. The, the, it's, you could argue that the Mookie, Red Sox couldn't have kept him anyway. Mike Trout is making $45 million a year. And that's a, a stupid-ass deal. Of course it's a stupid-ass deal, but you cannot blame Mookie Betts for wanting to test I'm not the, blaming the free agent. him. Okay, okay. I'm not blaming okay. the Red Sox for but not the, planning their future about someone Mookie, who wants to test Mookie free agency. Mookie Betts would have regardless tested free agency. Right. 100%. So keeping him one year, we're outraged. Okay, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm outraged that they gave a fucking five-year contract, seven-year contract to Chris Sale for 154 million dollars. He was 29 when, his when arm they gave it to him. Off. He had 100. He had 200. Or how many strikeouts okay, last year? And, and the difference he had 214 the, strikeouts and under 200 congr- innings. Congratulations. He also had a 6 ERA and was two and six. He was garbage, and he's the falling stuff off is a cliff. Still clearly there. Okay. That's besides the point. The point is that they now have these untradeable large contracts that they will not be able to get out from underneath. And listen, I, I'm, I'm fucking ec- I'm ecstatic. I'm so happy that this is happening to the Red Sox. Are you kidding me? I am the happiest fucking baseball fan in the world right now. He had a 4.40 ERA last year. And Nathan Ivaldi, uh, also, by the way, Chris Sale did not need surgery, by the way. So he's not, he's, his arm's not falling off. I could, I would... I would uh, imagine that Chris Sale might come back next year perfectly fine. Okay. It's a fi- Look, the contracts that the Red Sox have are going to hurt them over the next three to five years. They exactly. will they yes. will get progressively yes. easier to deal in with. In that three to five it's not years like span, all they these can players, win more championships, and they decided not to. They said, you know that's what? That's not necessarily One true. They have Devers, they have Bogarts, now, they have Dave Benintendi. Now, Dave and his big money dumbass is going to go out and spend a ridiculous amount of money 
on these players that they don't need to lock up after winning the 2018 season. You can focus on your core. That's not how you that's not how you develop sustained success. If I'm sorry. These teams don't majority of teams in baseball operate the same way that the Red Sox do and therefore they don't win. Uh, it's just the Red Sox are able to no, the Red Sox $500 million in revenue every year. I would agree and they can spend their way the out Red of their Sox, problems. But unlike 2012, unlike 2014, unlike 2015, the Red Sox have contracts on the books for the next five years. Okay, so what? So in five years, they'll be good. We're not talking about five years down the line. We're talking about how they'll be good now. And they're going to be bad while charging the biggest ticket prices in baseball. And their fans are going to have to go and watch them finish in third and fourth place over the next five years. And obviously, okay, five years from now when they are able to develop and be good, okay, whoop-de-doo. But their fans still have to fucking well, sit not, there. Well, not whoop-de-doo. They won the championship. They've won it the last they 20 won years a four championship times. in 2018 that is going to be tainted in four days. The report's coming out next week. Core's going to be banned for like four years. They cheated. So now you're losing out on Mookie Betts, who's 26 years old. You well, could have had him until he was 36. You, well, okay. First and he off, went to a team with the Dodgers. That was crippled them regardless. The Dodgers have been able to go to the World Series for three years in a row. Well, the Dodgers are different. Are a how different are they team. different? That's how you should operate because your team. Because the Dodgers are the Dodgers best player the development team. are the teams that you should emulate yourselves after. There's no room to not be right, that we, we can't we can't continue the podcast screaming the whole time <laughs> i'm sorry any, you're, you're listen like, i'm i'm ecstatic that the that the uh, honestly uh, i think the red Sox will be will be okay because first of all i don't see they'll be okay five years from now we're no, not I talking about five, okay five so okay so every year so for, you think the red Sox are gonna be good in two years I think the Red Sox every year until like in 2023, $40 million comes off the books. Until then, they're going to reset the the tax threshold, right? That's the other thing we're not considering here is that once they get under the luxury tax by getting rid of price, again, they've already won the in 2018. Forget, again, for argument's sake, forget that it's tainted, right? Just for argument's sake. They got their chip. So once David Price is off the books now, they'll be under the threshold. All the penalties will be erased. So they'll start from from new. If they really want to, they can go over the threshold, the luxury threshold course, if they want to course. again. Bro. So I don't think they're... Bro. You still have Devers. You still have Bogarts. You still have Benintendi. Bro. You still have Bradley Jr. You still have Eduardo Rodriguez. And you still have Chris Congratulations. Lowe, who's going to That's be good not the for point. a few years. The point is, is that they won the World Series in 2018. They could have continued being great. If you don't had know it, that. Yes, I do. Tomorrow is never team, promised. Because of the teams th- that you they You do had. what you need to do to win now. If you can win now, if you have the opportunity, do whatever the fuck you have to do to win now. Okay? But they didn't do whatever the fuck they had to do to win in 2018. They didn't. They signed two big contracts. It was after the 2018 World Series. But the window was different contracts. than it was in so 2018. Said, the Yankees it. were still developing. The Yankees are a juggernaut now. They when have to the leap Yankees over develop the- him? In 2017, the Yankees went to Game Seven of the of the ALCS in but they, 2017. But you can argue that the Yankees out are going to the World Series. You can argue that the Yankees are going to keep getting better. Exactly, but why are they going to keep getting better? Be- well, that's my point. I'm saying that the Red Sox saw their window. They saw the the Yankees are going to become, that's, and they took that's it while they could because their window was much bigger than what they saw. If, to your logic, right? They saw their window. They won in 2018, and then that was it. Blow it all up. They didn't have to blow it all up because they only had two big contracts on the books. They didn't have to go out, back out and sign Chris Sale. They didn't have to give Nathan Navaldi all that money. I don't they agree with the Nathan Navaldi signing. I think that was an overvalue. But Chris Sale for the money. I mean, first of all, Chris Sale, that, that's a, roughly the Jacob deGrom deal is what, what you gave Chris Sale. And I think that's reasonable. 
Um, the uh, money that they get are getting for Price, I mean, they're really only losing one year of Mookie Betts. I would not, you can't tell me that They're not any, losing one year of Mookie Betts. They're losing 10 years of Mookie Betts. They're losing 10 years of one of the greatest Red Sox players who's ever played in the history of their franchise. And it's not like the Red Sox could just turn around you and You act grab, like they could have just got not, him easily if they paid him for 12 years, not, 420. That would have no, handicapped them the same you're way. You're missing my point. My point is that they didn't have to go out and make those moronic signings. I agree after that they probably those made too many moronic, risky deals, and that's why Dave Dabrowski has been fired. He's no longer with the team because John Henry was like, "What the fuck?" and he fired him because now they have to lose out on Mookie Betts, who is going to not only bring you success, but it brings you money. It brings you chatter. It brings conversation around your league. It puts fear in the hearts of Yankee fans and everybody else in the in Major League Baseball. You're, you have the second best player in baseball, one of the greatest Red Sox players to ever live. And now you're just saying, okay, we're going to blow it all up because after we won the World Series, we made all these stupid signings because we thought that we can go back to back and didn't even make it to the playoffs the next year. And now we have to lose out on Mookie Betts, who's going to go off and win multiple championships with the Dodgers, possibly, potentially. Well, a four-year or four, like five-year deal for Chris Sale, especially like after he won you a World Series, I don't think that's crazy he you would have lost him to free agency so i think you know again doing i i do think that they made maybe one or two many risky signings i'm not mad at the chris sale deal but if you sign chris sale like maybe you don't have to spend 17 on evaldi i agree with that but aside from what they had to do to get uh you know what the one thing they should have done after they won the world series in 2018 they should have locked the movie bets and maybe then, but they he wanted to him. test free agency. Uh, maybe then they could. We know him. he wanted to test free agency. He wanted. He gave them the four. That's actually not even true. That's not even true. I'm sorry, I had to get up because in after the 2018 season, he told the Red Sox he wanted to re-sign an extension, and they didn't give it to him because they they gave the money to Chris Sale. He told them he wanted to re-sign, when and he was, would take an extension. This was after 2018, and he got really pissed off, and it was the story about surrounding the Red Sox all of 2019. Yeah, but he, but and then the they were like, okay, you know what? We'll give you $27 million for this year. Oh, sorry, we're going to have to fucking now piggyback you on a trade the with David Price. The extension he wanted was, was over four. No, that's this year. In 2018, he just said that he wanted an extension with the Red Sox. Do and we know was, the amount? No, I don't know the amount. So but that, they could have so probably. we can't really argue of course, until we know. Of course not. The, what we're arguing is, should they have made these signings? Where have these signings got them, right? This is the argument that we're making. Should they have signed Chris Sale? Should they have signed Nathan Evaldi? Should they have signed Xander Bogarts? Should they have given David Price that money? Right? Knowing, okay, should they have signed Chris Sale and Evaldi, knowing that they had big contracts on the books also with J.D. Martinez and David Price? Right? I'm saying no. Why am I saying no? Because you already won the World Series. You have to think about sustained success. Well, you, can, success. you, can't, you can't count this Price in that. This guarantees you, you can be one championship. The Red Sox might not win Sale. another. Okay. The Red Sox might. I can be perfectly mad at David Price because at the David no, Price no, deal no. because they gave him fifty-one million dollars more than the next closest offer. That is fucking stupid. They wanted their sorry, man and they did what run. they had to to get their man. They, and the, and it clearly paid off. You can't, like I said, you cannot build a team in a fucking day. You need pieces from previous seasons. You can't just go out and get every player you want. So what I'm saying is. If you're going to sit here and say, okay, you know, the, they've made too many uh, gambles with salary. Uh, they, you know, they had Price on the books. They had, uh, you know, Martinez on the books. They have Bogarts on the books. They're, you want to potentially lock up bets long-term? Sure, I understand that. If you're going to sit here and tell me that Evaldi was the thing that you're mad at, I agree with that. But don't tell me that they should not have overpaid for 
David Price, if it was going to be that little thing that puts them over from B I'm to A, not I will do somebody, that every single no, day of the no, week. No, that's moronic. I'm not giving somebody $217 million to win one fucking championship. I'm not giving I'm not giving Chris Sale five years, $154 million to not win any fucking championships. How many championships are, are they going to win in Chris Sale's contract? Tell me right now. I don't know. We None. Don't, we They're not going to win any because they are They're paying still a good team. $500 million to five players over the next five years. How is that logical? I'm Listen, I don't even know why I'm getting so upset because I'm actually so happy that th this is happening. I fucking hate the Red Sox. More than I hate anything in this world, I want to see the Red Sox crash and burn, and it's happening. I just think that it was also moronic. The Red Sox had the same window that the Yankees had. They had the same window they, that the they Dodgers just, had. They just lost bets. I mean, I'm not saying they just lost bets, but that's still, that's there may have been their biggest piece, but that's still one piece. You're telling me that this whole dynasty, this whole thing that they may be able to build is now just over because they lost bets? Yes. I don't, think, I don't think that's true. Because they have untradeable contracts and they're going to finish they still in third or fourth every year. A lot and every time pieces. the Red Sox are like, oh, we're going to rebuild, their fans get really upset. They start writing and to then the they organization. Win a World Series. And then they spend mad money to get out of their situation it's and to win with some of those pieces. Years. But the thing They'll is, be fine. No, it's, no, it's not. Because they don't have the money to go out and sign more free agents. They're going to have these aging free agents on their team. They're not going to be fine. It's going to be, literally, it's going to be they're going to have for uh, four years or five years, whatever. I'm saying the only reason it's not good is because they had a lot of other uh, a lot of other deals on the books. The Chris Sale signing five years for whatever it was, 145 million, in and of itself is not a bad signing. It's just in the in within the context of all the other deals that they made, it's a it's not good in terms of the amount of risk, but. I also, when I said that, I also didn't realize that he was 29 when he signed that thing, and also he didn't he didn't have surgery. He he did not have surgery, and he still had 100 fucking. And I had an abysmal 2019 year. Okay, it was not yeah, abysmal. He's, he he's the stuff is still there. He close to a five year array. He fucking this, got spanked around by not, the Yankees every every in day in the hardest because division in baseball. He didn't have a bad year Come because on. he had 213 strikeouts. Yeah, Chris Sale. I, Mark, this is what they're going to do. He can come this back is what next year. This and is be what they're paying fine. next year, right? This is what they're paying next year. To finish in third or fourth place. They're paying $23 million to J.D. Martinez. They're paying $20 million to Chris Sale. $20 million to Xander Bogart. $17 million to Nathan Nivoldi. $13 million to Dustin Pedroia, whose fucking career is over. They have to pay him $13 million over the next two years. And $11 million to Jackie Bradley Jr., who is not the player that anybody thought, that thought he was going to be. So what are we talking about here? We're talking about what developing... <laughs> We're talking about developing a team that can win multiple championships, not just one. I think it would be in the Red Sox' best interest. They made those two signings, J.D. Martinez and David Price, before 2018. Then they, after they won the World Series, they turned around and they made all these bad signings that they didn't have to do when they could have locked up Mookie Betts. They could have locked up Rafael Devers. They didn't have to go out and spend money on the. On, on, I don't on, think you can lock dudes. up every single player. That's, uh, that's it's a, not every that's single player. It was just Mookie Betts. No, they didn't have no, to lock up Rafael Devers. They, he hasn't even hit arbitration yet. He's making five hundred thousand dollars a year. No, I'm so saying so. You could you have can't... built around. This is why they hired High Bloom. So this doesn't have fucking happen again. They hired an analytic, fiscally responsible GM. That's not Dave Dombrowski. He was never going to get a job in baseball again. I know that's not true. He won. He no. That's absolutely not no. True. Because nobody goes by that philosophy anymore. That you just spend your money to win he a World won Series. With the this isn't George Steinbrenner in 1993. Uh, they, they, you don't do that. You you figure out a way to have sustained success again. The best example that we could use for the Red Sox because they're in their own fucking division is the Yankees. 
The Yankees have no big contracts in the books, and they pass wait, 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 and pass and pass. The Yankees have no big contracts on the books. They have two big contracts in the books, and they are, for and, how many years? Okay, they have two big contracts in the books. Oh, okay. No, 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 <laughs> stop! Because you're just you're not listening to what I'm saying. The Yankees have. The Yankees missed out on multiple free agent signings that the fans were irate about. Why the Yankees have to win every single year? Go out and get Manny Machado. Overpay for Patrick Corbin. Go out and get these big dudes. Pay for Chris Sale. The Yankees were in on that too. They wanted to get Chris Sale. They were. I think they had the second highest offer to him, and the Red Sox beat them out. Right. But had the Yankees made those signings, then they would lose out on Aaron Judge. They would lose out on Glaber Torres, on Luis Severino, on Gary Sanchez. And therefore, the it would not, not be worth it in the long term. Players, Brian Cashman said, yes, they are. They're going to they're all, gonna sign. They're, gonna they're going to sign. They're going to sign on the books, Cole yep. on the books, and yep. have Glaber Torres, and yep. have Luis Severino, yep. and have Aaron Judge. Yes. You're, you're fucking no, smoking I'm not. dust. Because they have Luis Severino for the next four years at $10 million a year. Thank you very much. The only player that they might not retain is Gary Sanchez, but the Yankees love them some fucking Gary Sanchez. I mean, so I'm sorry. The Yankees have Aaron Judge, who they're going to lock up. They're not going to lose then how, and then They're going to lock up Gleyber right. Torres, and they're going to lock up Luis Severino, who's already locked up for four years, and they're gonna, they can lock up. They can lock up these players. I, okay, so so, the, have, so, so they can't lock room. up those guys, but the Red Sox would have Chris Sale, J.D. Martinez, yes, Xander Bogarts, Nathan Evaldi. I'm saying that you can't Dustin lock Pedroia. up every single player. So The Red Sox did it. The Yankees are going to listen. Five years down the line, gonna, the Yankees are not because what what room do you have for other players? Like you can't. These players get expensive. You need wiggle room. You and then what's that going to do? They lock up all these players at the same look, time. You don't need no. to look outside for That's free agents when you already talk. have it. No, it's not. You're going to lock you up. Sound like an you're, idiot. You're going to have like two hundred million dollars on the book or like whatever. Like uh, I don't need. Yeah, around two hundred million dollars on the books between like eight players. What the fuck are you going to do with the rest of your roster? What are you talking about? If the Yankees want to, if any team wants to lock up every single one of their players reaching their prime or free agency, the Yankees like are paying eighteen million dollars a year to John Carlos Stanton. I'm sorry, it's not that much money. It's not. That's no, a like bargain you said, price. It adds up. It's a bargain price for Stanton. Eighteen million dollars for Stanton. Then think... they're paying thirty million dollars a year for Garrett Cole. Then they're going to probably end up paying twenty-five to thirty million dollars a year for Aaron Judge. But guess what, genius. The Yankees don't need to pay Aaron Judge. They don't need to pay Glaber Torres, and they don't need to pay Gary Sanchez their for the next three years. Their contracts are going to overlap, though. They don't need to pay them for the next three years, though. But at some point, they will. You're you're talking with the Red Sox, a window of three years. You act like it's so easy to just have all these players on the dynasty, four hundred million dollar contracts, like ten years, and have everybody you want. That's not how baseball works. At a I'm certain not... point, you need to. Oh, I'm sorry. Go. So baseball works by just signing everybody to these monstrous contracts, and then not being you able to do what you have to do in your window. It, it, look, but your your argument falls flat on its face. Why? Because the Red Sox didn't make those fucking signings prior to 2018. I get they made that. all those signings after they won the World Series, and it's going to get them nothing. That is my point. What are they going to win with those contracts? Nothing. You they can't. Know. They can't win you anything. No, they can't win anything because they can't. They, 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 it's going to take a time for them to draft more players, and they're not going to draft another player in Mookie Betts. We have to move on. Yeah, we do. And also, I don't think anybody wants to listen to a podcast <laughs> screaming the whole time. Either way, I, like I said, I'll just say your final, you know, sentence or two. I will just say that I agree that they should not, or probably should not, have signed Ivaldi. I think that after the window closed, you do need to think about the future. But regardless. You can't sign every single player that's part of your core to, once they reach a certain age. And you also, I, I just don't believe in $412 million contracts for 12 years. I didn't hear what you said because I was looking at my phone. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say it again because okay. I'm not going to have that on the. So, look, regardless, my final thoughts uh, from this heated debate are two things. 
one, they probably shouldn't have signed Ivaldi. Just get, I don't believe in having that many bad con or you know potentially problematic contracts on the books. I agree with that, but I will say that the Yankees are going to come to a very hard reality. You will see they are when? not going to lock up all these players at the same time. They're not going to. You're right. That's why they already locked up Luis Severino for four years, ten million a year. But Luis, okay. Like I said, Luis Severino, and even once that contract is Aaron over, Aaron Judge is not a free, is we're not talking a about free agent. Aaron okay. Judge is not a free agent okay. for the next five years. I get that, but when at a certain point, these contracts are all going to overlap. Yeah. Whether it's three years from now, four years from now, or five years from now, and they're going to have almost fifty million dollars on the books because the Cole contract, I believe, is is slightly backloaded. Here is the so Yankees' have, logic in that thinking. I get, I, we know the Yankees' logic. The Yankees, logic. by that time, will already have won probably two and, to three in how many years? In how many years? In the next five years. In the next five years. So we're talking a five-year well, no, window. Cole's contract is nine years. So at the end of nine years, the Yankees should have three rings. We'll see. Because and I'm then just saying, it wouldn't matter. We'll like you can we'll you, you overpay for for Garrett Cole when he's 36 years old because it got you three ranks. I understand. The Red well, Sox logic we'll see. did not work. My final thoughts. I think on the this. Yankees my are the best team in baseball, but we'll see because okay. that's that's not my, always how it works. My final thoughts on this are that the Red Sox took a championship and risked championships. They risked a dynasty because they went out and they locked up all these free agents in large untradeable contracts. That will now get them nothing. They will not win a World Series in the next five years. They are going to be bad for the next three to four years. And the reason why it's different is because when they bottomed out those years after they won the World Series in 2013 and 2007, they didn't have large contracts on the books. So they were able to develop, they were able to make trades, and they were able to build their team and then go out and make the free agent signs that they needed to win the World Series, then trade those contracts again. They cannot trade these contracts. These contracts well, we'll are We'll see where they're going to be in three years, but... Moving They're not going to be good in three years. Well, we'll see. I mean, I think they could be, but whatever. I think they'll be potentially Moving good. on. I think they'll Moving be potentially on. good sooner. But anyway. Um, How? Uh, How are they going to be good sooner? Because they have a... Okay. Who do right. they have on their team that's going to be nice in, in the next couple of years besides Rafael Devers? Xander Bogarts. I think He's Chris already Sale locked up. We're good. not talking about him. No, no. I'm just saying having a team full of players that are – they have a team full of players that are – I think the Red Sox could potentially actually be good next year. Mark my words, they're not going to be fucking terrible next year. Mark my words. Even if the Yankees are really good, even if the Rays are really good, the Red Sox have a team full of talent. There, there's really – I mean, there's really no holes at any given position. The, the Yankees are Continue. just amazing. All right, next topic. All right. So – the next uh, issue up for uh, – <laughs> this is not a debate. I, we actually, I think, more or less agree on this, uh, is that A.J. Hinch gets interviewed. So I don't know about you. I thought this interview was actually hilarious because basically, like, throughout the whole thing, A.J. Hinch has been – he did a terrible job with the uh, with the clubhouse, right? He smashed the monitors, and that was somehow – like, instead of actually, like, talking to his players – he smashes the monitors in the same timeline we know he knew. And he snubs his nose at the media and says, like, oh, I'm actually glad you asked that question. And then and then um, when Ken Rosenthal asks him about it, like, he brings up in this – this is something that I've always found with, like, very arrogant people when, when it's time for them to apologize. They always find a way to compliment themselves and make the – prop themselves up. And if you read – if you, like, do yourself a favor – 
and listen for this in the interview, he compliments himself several times. And the one time that I remember hearing this, he said, you know, I, I when the news broke, I, I didn't even think about myself. I thought about my family and I tried to get everybody safe and I didn't even think about myself when this happened. Like, wow, you are such a good person. Like, I'm I'm honestly so impressed that, you, that you're so selfless. Meanwhile, you were allowing cheating to go down and letting people lose their jobs and, you know, hurting the integrity of baseball. But like, I'm so, like, you're such a great guy. Like, no, I see, I had a big problem with that. He did not really sound sincere. I don't think that he really sounded sorry. Um, he snubbed his nose at the media. And it's very now easy and convenient to just say you're sorry and you say whatever you need to to look, you know, try and make yourself look like the good guy. I will say that he said, oh, I, you know, I wasn't, you know, a leader. I wasn't a good enough leader. But what I hear when he says that, I just hear someone yeah. trying to gain sympathy. Um, someone who's saying like, oh, you know, like, I, you're right. Like, I'm such a good guy. I can admit when I'm wrong. Like, these are all, you knew what you were doing. You could not manage your clubhouse. And now shit's hitting the fan and you can't really say much of anything. And somehow you manage, again, listen to how many times he says positive things about himself or tries to shift the narrative to make himself look like like a good guy in a bad situation. I don't know if he's a bad person. I, I mean, I think that's probably a little too far. But yeah. may, uh, depending on, I mean, if you're Mike Clevenger, I mean, you might have a different take. But uh, Or if you're Freddie Freeman seeing Chris Medlin loses, you know, go back down to the minors. I think that... It just showed how weak he was as a manager and how weak and how his inability to stand up and speak out against the players. Um, this argument, this uh, conversation compared to the last one is crazy. Uh, it's like, fuck you, fuck you. Yeah, so um, AJ Hinch, not a good guy, not a good guy. Um, no, no, but, yeah, no, I, I just think that – I think AJ Hinch is going to have a job in baseball again probably after this season. Um, yeah, because he's already doing the apology tour. Exactly, that's what you exactly. need to do. This just reeks of one of those. Just yeah, like it's I took steroids, and now I'm gonna have the 60 minutes interview. And I'm like, sorry. Yeah, yeah, like I, you know, like right my wrongs. Like you know, like it, it's it's garbage. Um, what the Astros did is egregious. Going on MLB Network with Tom Verducci is not going to. Make I think it's feel so funny too because Tom Verducci like was like, "Hey, I know this is really hard." So here's a monitor showing what you did. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Producci was asking some good that questions, too. That was so too. funny, too. Like. And I, I also th – I mean, I, I, we don't want to go into speculation. I, I just think that you also left open room for speculation. Oh, yeah. So this is, again, I, I am – again, this is something that I uh, tend to do, which is I'm very conservative about large news. I'm still not – gonna say with you know 100% certainty that they used buzzers but when he was asked about it it was a little weird that he didn't just say no if you didn't no. do it then you just say no then you, just like say you get caught cheating right and if you like let's say it's in your mind right I got, I got caught cheating in 2017 yeah. and then the, the, the Tom asks you okay well, what about the buzzers and you know that you didn't do that the team had nothing to do with that you just immediately say no. That's I wouldn't not call it a smoking gun, but it is kind of weird that you wouldn't just say. He didn't say no. He didn't. He didn't say no, and so that to me he is. Said, he said they weird, but yeah. And yeah. then and his voice. If you match up that his voice in that interview to his voice when he was asked about the Astros stealing signs against the Yankees in the ALCS last season, yeah, his voice is the same thing. It cracks. And he's just like, well, I, I uh, you know, the, the, the MLB did a uh, uh, very thorough investigation, and you know, they didn't find anything. So that's what I have to say about that. Yeah. So that's like, come on. The, yeah, I don't. I think that was a weak interview. Um, I did, I was looking for him to just literally just flat out say like, 
just just really just like a gut-wrenching apology he just looked like his face was just like oh, i'm doing this interview now that, that that's my just that's my take yeah. that's my opinion right that's that's not fact um i don't really have much respect for aj hinchin i don't really think that he did a good job with the clubhouse we all know that and i and i quite frankly i don't think that interview moved anybody or gave him sympathy like i just don't i just don't really have much sympathy as a fan for that from him from that interview i think the more important thing but listen to the interview because you'll and and then go back to what we're saying because that i think the more important thing is it's on youtube you can find it it doesn't really have to do with aj hinch but i think the more important thing to look at is how MLB has totally botched this entire thing and how it took them a really long time. Really long and they couldn't punish they the st- players exactly. because of it. Yeah, and 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 Manfred, you know, tiptoeing around everything. I mean, man, I, I had a lot of respect for Manfred before all of this. And, I mean, he's just totally dropped the ball with the juice balls yeah. uh, last season, then with the cheating scandal, now not uh, taking forever to do the Red Sox scandal. Um not punishing the players, giving them immunity. Like, I mean... Well, because he was in a position where he had to give them immunity. He didn't, but he didn't but just... did you hear his reasoning? He was just like, all the... He was like, all the time, like, uh, federal investigators give um, their, uh, like, give, like, uh, witnesses, like, immunity so they can, like, yeah, avoid jail time. Yeah, but that's just because but there's he, a legal he process. To, he did not have to give them immunity. Well, he could have fought, He could have fought the Players Association. He just, he just chose not to. Also, like, there are legal reasons. Like, there are reasons why, in a criminal case, you give people immunity because within the scope of an investigation, there's a timetable, right? Like, you, like you are dealing with the court of law, and there are many people at stake. Like, there are many stakeholders, and there are, you know, the, there are trials that need to be uh, – I don't know. I'm just going to – I'm just saying that the, the context is different. And he has a lot more control than, uh, you know, a legal body because he, MLB's rules are what they are. Like, they're not – like, you're the commissioner. You could have just made your decision. But Hopefully by next week we'll, we'll know we'll, more. And we'll know what the Red Sox yeah. did. And, and that, you know, we'll, we'll see how, how that impacted the 2018 season. Now, we are going to do – we're going to start – this is, I guess, what you could say part one of our what? season preview – the 2020 New York Mets and New York Yankees. We're going to begin by with the Mets, I guess, right? You yeah. want to start with the Mets? Yeah. So the Mets uh, are, I'd say— This is projecting what? I get, we're, I'm just going to start out again with like a little bit of what was, the, what was wrong with them last year. We really only went into the bullpen, uh, but the, the issues with the Mets obviously last year were the bullpen. Uh, but and the defense. But but I'm gonna now go into the defense and the offense because the Mets look they had they had um, in uh, twenty in twenty nineteen they just fell short of the uh, of making the playoffs they had eighty six wins uh, with the bullpen being good you could see them at ninety wins uh, you you know ninety seven win like seven wins is a big gap between two teams and the and the the Braves have a, an amazing farm system. They have an amazing team right now that's just going to get better. It's just going to get harder. The Braves are going to win over 100 games next year. The Phillies, oh, that's I, a strong take. The, the Braves are going to win over 100 games, 100%. I think okay. the Braves are going to win over 100 games next year. Um, because they'd had, like, they, they, I mean, this is the rookie season of Mike Soroka. Like, uh, uh, Acuna, Acuna's like 24, 23, yeah. or something like um, Yohan Camargo, like, there's tons of players. Mike, uh, what's that guy? Freed. 
I mean, they have such that is a core. Like, and also the the Braves have one of the best farm systems in baseball too. So they're just think about that. Yeah, their players graduated and they still have players coming up. Insanity. So it's going to be tough to see the Mets leap them. I think the Mets have a chance at a wild card. But the thing that really concerns me more than anything is that, first of all, the Mets' offense, uh, it, it varied, right, over the course of the season. Their uh, their run differential was was at home, which is weird because City Field suppresses offense. It was, it was plus 40. Um, and on the road, it was plus 14. So that's interesting. Like teams like the uh, Minnesota Twins mm-hmm. at home were like plus 44, and on the road they were plus 125. The Yankees were at home were insanely better. They were plus 131, and away they were plus 88. Um, but the thing about the Mets is their total run differential, like considering – and run differential obviously is how many runs you score versus how many you give up. The Mets were 14th in the league at plus 54. To put that in comparison – the Yankees are the third best run differential at 219, and the Houston Astros are 279. Now, granted, right, the team below the Mets is the Brewers, who were a team that contended, gotcha. and they were at plus two. Right. So the Brewers also only finished three games better than the Mets. Yeah. So I think that the Mets. I don't know if I can say the Mets' offense is going to get better. I'm not so sure that you can say that. How are you? Conference. How are you projecting them? Where are you projecting them to finish in the East next season? Uh, well, I was going to – I might shift what I'm saying, obviously, depending on – know, this is, just, this is just a projection I think now. that their bullpen is going to get better. I think that their defense is not going to get better. And that's actually – before I give my prediction, the Mets were 93 runs negative. They gave up – as a team, they were negative 93 runs defensively. And when you look at the construction of this team, it makes a lot of sense. You have an aging – Cano. You have Pete Alonso at first base, who's not great. Ahmed Rosario had a negative 16 defensive run saved. You want to talk about the conversation we had about Derek Jeter? I don't. I think Derek Jeter, that was one of his worst years. He had, was at negative 16. So Ahmed Rosario is getting better constantly on offense and defense, but it's hard to imagine that he's going to improve to the point where he's giving, where he's saving runs as opposed to giving up 16. Yeah. J.D. Davis, is is he's not a good defender right now. Michael Conforto is a not a center fielder. He's a corner, and so is Nimmo. And one of them is going to be playing center field. And if you want Marisnik in center, then you're giving up one of either J.D. Davis, Brandon Nimmo, or Conforto in terms of their playing time. Mm-hmm. Um, again, like a lot of Wilson Ramos is a great all around player, not a good defender, not a good pitch framer. Um, he doesn't throw out runners at an, efe- an efficient rate. Like Jeff McNeil is good, but he's not. He, he they move him around, and he, depending on wh- what position he's at, will affect his ability to field. And and mm-hmm. it has. So if you look around the field, like it's hard to see a position where you have a great defensive player, and the only time that's true is when you have Marisnik. Yeah. So the defense, I don't see getting much better. And for a team that relies on pitching, like it, this is supposed to be a pitching first franchise, yeah. to build a bad defense around them, that that kind of handcuffs me. I'm not so sure that I can give them much of a better outlook. The only difference is the them addressing the bullpen, and they really only signed Batances. I think a, a big uh, another problem for the Mets is that they were so bad away, right? They were under 500. Um, they were they not weren't. so bad. They were under away, 500, but they were not. They were 38 and. 
43. And then they were not... also 10 games under under 500 um, or 8 That's games That's funny. The Nationals were 43 and 38 on the road. They, um, anyway. they were... Uh... They were good at home, but that also... that no, 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 but they were also... They finished 47 and 55 against teams over 500. So when yeah. it mattered most... True. And, if but... they weren't really able to, to capitalize. And I think what the problem with the Mets is it's it's tricky to to predict where they're going to fall in the division. Why? Because they have the Nationals who just won the World Series. But the Nationals were really up and down. Of course, of course, of course, of course. I'm but the saying. Nationals have Trey Turner. Saying. I mean, the yeah, Nationals I have. I know. I'm just saying. Juan Soto um, and all these players. Yeah, exactly. So. You have Juan Soto. Oh, my God. Um, but they yeah. have the Nationals. He's only going to get better. They have the Nationals, the Braves, and the Phillies in their division. How do you th- Well, before I begin, I also have a lot of difficulty figuring out how good the Phillies are going to be. Because their oh. pitching was a disaster last year. They also year. had a dog shit manager. I'm sorry, you don't. I know I don't want to get into this debate I know, right now I, I know, about I managers, know. but I no, think I, that I adding that Joe Girardi, Girardi yeah. to your team is going to make the difference. And I, I think, agree. I, I think actually that think that might at be true. At the end of this season, we could have the manager debate. Because if, should, the, if the yeah. Phillies go off and do really well this year, you could. Uh, I don't know. Look if, at I mean, Joe Girardi's. I would. Their team I would, is pretty much the same besides Didi. Who else did they add? No, well, no, no. So last year, uh, they added Didi. That is true. Um, they got rid of Michael Franco, and also the Phillies uh, lost uh, Andrew McCutcheon like halfway into the season. But like all the players that we thought were going to be good, like uh, last year, like all the Phillies that were supposed to be good uh, on the depth chart, were were terrible. Zach Eflin, uh, Nick Pavetta, Vince Velazquez, Z- uh, fucking Jake. Arietta, like all the team, the only really good team, the only really good player that they pitcher that they had was Aaron Nola. Now they added Zach Wheeler. We can't forget. Oh, that's right. So that should Those help. Those gonna be them. nice. Those gonna be nice. And also Didi Gregorius in that ballpark. So it's so gonna it's a, be a huge advantage. So the NL East is gonna be a bloodbath. I can see Gregorius hitting twenty five home runs next season. Um. So and Reese oh, Hoskins. I mean, no, I mean, no, Gregorius no. Was hitting. He, all right, yeah, although, okay, true. I can see he, him. He hit the most home runs in Yankee Stadium for any shortstop. Yeah, and, and Philly is and a great hitter's like, park. Yeah, for, it was like for, 28 home runs, I think. He's a lefty, like right? Philly yeah. is great for lefties. So. God damn it, Didi. <laughs> Fuck. I think Didi. And also, that was in, he hit 16 home runs in like half the season, <sighs> like 324 Didi! plate appearances. Think about this. Think you don't I think that fucking he can, love him. You don't think that he could hit nine more home runs. He had three hundred twenty-four plate appearances. You don't think he could get nine more home runs, bro? Don't. I think Didi. I think, he's going to be great. Can't look at his season last year though. He didn't have a good season last year. No, 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 no. I'm saying he hit he hit sixteen home runs and three hundred twenty-four plate appearances. That's yeah, good. Yeah, he yeah, could yeah. hit nine yeah. more in a full season. I, of yeah, course I would look at his uh, his numbers from twenty eighteen. Scott like Scott Kingery. Now. now the thing. Let's the, not spend too much time on this. Okay, place. I'm just we're, saying we're the Phillies. Right, the Phillies are to me another question mark. I think the the I'm going to give it to the Braves. I think they're going to win over 100 games. So it's a bloodbath for the wild card. It's going to be a bloodbath for the wild card. The All these other teams are good. I would say that the Mets are going to finish in second place oh one game ahead of the Nationals. So you think the Phillies are going to finish fourth? I think the Phillies are going to finish fourth. The Mets Oof. are going well. No, this Dude, is so I think, tough. Yeah, exactly. I think, this I is think so you're tough. getting way too ahead of yourself. I don't yourself. know. I don't know about. Do no, not no, no. let your Met fan bias get. I'm in not. Way. I'm not letting my Met fan bias get. You in really way. think the Mets are going to? I also said. Also have a said, worse season than the Mets next. Year. I also said the Mets were going to win, go in second place the last are season. Deep. Last no. season, I will out myself right now. I'm. I know. I'm I know, a great I person. I'm, I yeah. I said that the Phillies were going to be in first, the Mets were going to be in second, and then and the Braves were going to be in third. And I said that because. 
I said that because the Nationals lost Harper and they really only upgraded. I mean, Juan Soto they had, but they they only upgraded with a with a you know pitcher and they the anyway and they yeah anyway so and they lost uh Corbin so or no they gained Corbin I'm bugging so uh, yeah you know what oh, it's gonna be so tough I, I think, think only that, a listen, game or two is gonna separate I think any of these teams everything goes extremely well for the Mets next year the Mets they blew, can finish in second the Mets blew twenty leads by June yeah or by July months. but I'm saying that because so much of their success is going to be predicated on how good their relievers are, it's almost impossible. Now, I think just based on, like, logic and chance, it's almost – I honestly don't even think it's possible for their bullpen to be as bad as it was last year. Um, I just don't – I just think relief fluctuates so much that, like, if they were all bad last year, the, the chances of them all improving might increase – um, and they also have the information about Diaz. Like, if he starts to struggle again, they're not just going to keep him in there. At least I wouldn't think. Um, so I think the Mets actually can, at least can add I think like, there's three a, more I think there's games. a lot of potential for them, but Let there's me, a lot of holes. I don't know what place the Mets will be in, but I think the Mets can win 90 games next year. Okay. Four fair. more games than last year with, with addressing the, just the bullpen was so random, and they added Batansis, who I think will be good. Um I'm not really giving much to the offense. I don't know if you can. I don't. I really don't know if you can say that the Mets' offense is going to be that much better. So they had a plus 54 run differential last year. I think they're probably going to sit around 50 to 60 or you know 45 to 60 run differential. Um, the Nationals had a plus 149 run differential. Who, the Nationals who had a plus 149 run yeah. differential. Yeah, the Nationals are good offensively, but they also had bullpen. Okay, issues. we got to wrap up. Okay, so let's do the Yankees. Yeah, go on. Go on. Um, well, there's not much to say about the Yankees. Yeah, there really isn't much to say about the Yankees. Um, they. But the but the Red Sox although, are losing although, bets. Although, yeah, okay, so the Red Sox are losing bets. Um, and Bryce. Red Sox will probably end up finishing third. The Rays are going to finish in second. The Rays are going to be a really good team next year. Yeah, um, 100%. The Rays could challenge, could could go for 100 wins next season. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I think so, too. So the Rays are the biggest threat to the Yankees. The Yankees, I think, are going to win somewhere between like 106 and 108 games. They won 103 last year. Then they added Garrett Cole this season. Um, I think Stanton's going to have a really, really big year next year. I'm calling that out right now. I think that the Yankees aren't done making moves. I think they might make one more surprise move before spring training starts, so I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. When you say surprise move, how big are we talking? I think pretty big. Okay. I think they, the Yankees are going to be the Yankees. They have so many prospects that they... The de- the Rays added See, Hunter like, Renfro, though. Adding, taking him from San Diego and putting him in... Hunter Renfro is true. It's the truth. Listen, I think that the... Chime back into what you were saying before in the in the Red Sox debate. I think that the Yankees have the prospects that they need and they've developed them properly and they're ready to roll. And I don't really think they have any more room to keep developing. So those guys are going to get moved. Um, yeah. What they get moved yeah. for, we will remain see. The Yankees have the pieces to make a splash. Yeah, so I think the Yankees could go out and get a Francisco and Lindor. Should. I mean, I don't want to see don't be surprised Andujar do. on the fucking bench all year. I don't want to see. Well, Andujar won't be on the bench. They'll move him around like they did with DJ. I don't want. I don't want to see. I don't want to see uh, Clint Frazier on Clint the bench. Frazier yeah, I don't need to do I. Clint Frazier my, needs. I'm a Mets fan I know, bro. I'm a Yankees fan, and I I love him so much that I don't want him on the team. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, I want him to succeed so badly. And I know that – I want him to succeed with the Yankees so badly, but I know that that window is starting to close because the Yankees are kind of – they re-signed Brett Gardner. They also – the thing is that the Yankees – Although, don't be surprised – is is, – 
Paxton half of or like it's not going like to be that bad. Three, they can absorb two it months or whatever. because Domingo Herman, who's suspended, is going to be back because he already served like thirty games in his suspension. So he's going to be back by mid-May. Um, so and Paxton is expected to be out by until like June. I just don't. And then know. they have Jordan Montgomery, who's expected I, yeah. to have a pretty good year next yeah, year. Yeah, I don't know. That's the thing. Like Jordan I don't, Montgomery I don't is know nice. about Jordan Montgomery. Well, you don't know about Jordan Montgomery because you've never seen him pitch. No, no, that's what I'm saying. No, no, no. I no, I know. The He's nice. Conversations about him that I've had with he other has major league friends, but I'm saying that experience. yeah, but I'm saying that he's coming off of an injury. Yeah, yeah, of course we got. We'll wait and see, but again, I don't think that it's going to hurt them in the long run. And James Paxton, um, yeah, I, mean, I think it'll I be mean, fine. That I was. That's what I was gonna say. So James Paxton is hurt. I don't know why that he. I don't know why he waited until just now, or why the Yankees waited until just now for him to have the surgery when he could have had it at the end of the year. Um, Montgomery in 2017 with, with the Yankees had 155 innings. He had a 3.88 ERA in one of the. What about the year after that? Well, he was in in uh he was he only pitched 27 innings okay. the year after that 2018. Anyway, Montgomery's nice, so they'll be able to absorb it. I'm not too worried Just about two, the past. Almost and her two full seasons of not pitching yeah. is is a is, you know. It's and worrisome. Then, and then, and then but also again, the I'm not worried about them. Hap, I, I don't know. Okay. I'm not, look, I, we're, we're really nit, I'm just nitpicking. Like, I'm not saying that these things are going to be major, you know, whatever, but I think it, it could be the difference between a few games. Anyway, I think the, the Yankees are going to finish in first. I think that they are large, by far and large the best team in the American League. I think that. Uh, the Twins will finish first in their division. I think the Astros will finish first in their division. What do you think? I don't think it's guaranteed that the Astros uh, finish first in their division. They have the, the A's in their division. Yeah, and the A's are going to be good. The A's are going to be yeah. The A's nice. are going to be nice. So I mean, it'll be it'll be a battle between the Astros and the uh, and the Athletics. But why wouldn't the Astros be be nice? Well, okay. So the I'm not saying the Astros will be nice. I just don't think it's. I'm saying why be, won't they be? No, no, no. I'm saying that maybe they will, but I just don't. I, first of all. Here is my uh, problem with the Astros, right? So you have um, you have they lose Cole, right? They lose Cole. They are going to be relying on Granky, who's a little bit older. They're going to be relying on uh, uh, Verlander, who's also a little bit older. Uh, I don't think. Th- I mean, by the way, what I'm saying has absolutely nothing to do with cheating. Um, I think that was kind of a fluky season from Gurriel. I don't think he's going to repeat what he did. Uh, and, um, you know, they still have really nice players, but the, uh, the, the pitching worries me. I don't know necessarily what you can get out of McCullers. So if you, once but they'll you be competitive. See, Regardless, they'll be they, competitive. They will, but I'm saying when you start to really look at that, like that, uh, at that one, two, three, four, yeah. like the rotation, it goes Verlander, who I think will be good, but again, he's... What like 37, 36? He's gonna be thirty eight this Gren- year. Granky is thirty six, and then after that, it's McCullers coming off of like a full year of not exactly. playing. Granky looks like he's twenty three. Yeah, I know he's a, yeah he's aged well. You have you have um, I mean who else like Jose Urquidy? <laughs> he's their fourth. He's their fourth pitcher, and then Brad Peacock is what? their fifth. Well, whatever. Who else? Fuck the Astros. Anyway, I just uh, think the starting pitching. Yeah, I, I was just saying. Looking out on the on the rest of the season, they they'll, they'll be competitive. But you're right; they might not finish in first. Watch Jose or Quiddy just go the fuck off. <laughs> That'd be so funny. Anyway, I think the Yankees will finish in first. I think the Yankees are going to have a deep playoff run. I hope because I'm a Yankee fan. And uh, yeah, I just want to say, lastly, it's so weird. I, I'm sure that other people have this. Like you see these players, and they're like they're like bona fide big leaguers, and they were born in like 1996. 
Yeah, and, like, I know. Jesus. I was so funny that you said that because I was just thinking about that yesterday, but with basketball. Because, you know, basketball, they go straight out of yeah, college. Right, so right, they're, right, they're right. 18, 19 years old. I hate that. And I'm, like, looking at Ben Simmons. <laughs> and he's born like, in 2014? Like, I know. I'm, like, looking at Zion Williamson, who's 19 years old. That means he was born in 2000. Jesus, no, 2001, I guess. No, 2000, because he's going to be 20 this 2000. year. 2000? Oh, wait, no. People should no, no, not no, no, be no, born. No, 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 you might be right, actually. I think he might have been born in 2001. People should not be born. If you are born People should not be born in 2001. <laughs> people should not be born You should just stop having kids. I, it's just too weird. For, like, I, I mean... The world's too fucked up. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding, but... If you were born, like, after 2000, like, it's very hard for me to register you as a person, like... I know, that's weird, though, because think about when we're, when we're and older. And we're 25s, like, so we can't really talk shit, I know, but, like, but, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, still born in the 90s, fuck out here. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But, anyway, but, so, but we didn't, oh, whatever. So, Mets bloodbath next year, we'll see what happens. The Yankees are going to obviously, I mean, I hope the Yankees finish in first. If the Yankees don't finish in first, it is an absolute fucking failure. And I don't even want to begin to even consider that. Um, so, we'll, we'll see what happens. The Rays are going to be really good. Um, I think the Yankees have the ability to take it all the way. They fell just short three years in a row. So we'll see what happens with that. And who knows, if all goes super, super, super well, and it'll be really good for the fucking podcast, if all goes super, super well, there's maybe like a 5% chance that we'll have a Subway Series. And maybe we'll next, the by the, that'd be amazing. That would be so good for us. <laughs> for us, yeah, that'd, that'd be, be our bottom line. No, but I, I also, um, I mean, hope, oh God, that'd be so dope. But also by the next time we talk, there might be a new bid. To buy the Mets. And there also might be punishment for Al Scorer and the Red Sox. We'll and see. And the Yankees might have... Um, Francisco Lindor. Hey. I, I was thinking, I've yeah. Got it. I've you got know, it. before we also... I keep, we keep saying, before we end, before we end. You know the Mets were talking with the I know, Indians? I saw. I, I saw, saw, saw that too, right? Yeah, that yeah, they yeah. were talking with the Indians and they wanted... Well, that was in December, though. It was in er, really early offseason. The Mets didn't want to give up. It was like I, they wanted prospects and they wanted a Jeff McNeil or like a... Okay, uh, real quick. Pete Alonzo. What? And a couple and a couple of uh, young prospects that I might not know about for Francisco Lindor, would you do it? Uh, Pete Alonso. Oh, Pete Alonso for Lindor and a couple other prospects. Ooh. No, no, no. Pete Alonso and prospects for Lindor. Oh, Pete Alonso and prospects for Lindor. Oh, man, put me on the spot. Oh man. Um. Ugh. Uh, oh, that's so hard. Um, I'd probably. Well, then, what do you do with Rosario? Like I would, like I would give, I would give, like I would give, like Rosario, Alonzo, and maybe some prospects for for Lindor. And with that, we say goodbye. <laughs>